Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Rumi said something to the effect that the glory of God is seen in every blade of grass. Ibn Arabi said that the physical world is a translator for Allah. Through what we see, we should be inspired and put in awe of our Creator. <coughs> All of these things surround us as examples of our Lord. And the question is to us, do we take all of this for granted or do we understand the magnitude of the holiness that surrounds us? Are we in touch with the fact that whatever step we take and whatever move we make we are moving within the Lord's creation and the Lord's holiness in the older days of Sufism there was a lot of attention paid to the elements that we used in our life for instance if someone would pick up a walking stick they would kiss the walking stick before they would begin to use it if they would put on a piece of clothing they would kiss the top of the clothing before they would put it on in respect for the understanding that everything around us is holy everything we touch is holy and we must establish a holy attitude towards everything not just each other but of course also towards each other and if we cannot establish a holy attitude towards each other we somehow create veils in our own being that separate us from the holiness and the truth in existence which take us further away from Allah so the amount of attention that we pay to each other and the amount of respect that we give each other is an indication of the amount of respect that we give to our Lord and the amount of respect that we have for our Lord so in our interaction with other people 
we show respect for our God. For instance, when Mevlevis, and Mevlevi is the name of the Tariqat, the order of the people uh, that follow Rumi, when they shake hands, they each kiss each other's palm. And in doing so, they greet each other at a more intimate level than just a handshake. They greet each other with a sign of deep respect for each other. In truth, we are all God's creation. We all come from Him. And He has given each of us a part of Himself in our soul. And if we disrespect each other, we are disrespecting that part of God that exists in everyone. So, the Sufis created rules of respect. It's called adeb, the, the appropriate way to act towards other people. And, and this takes training. But their rules of respect were much more intricate and much more refined than what regular society does. So we have to, for ourselves, understand that there is a need for this kind of respect. Our teacher, uh, Muhammad Rahim Baal Muhayyadeen, whenever he addressed a crowd of people, he would usually start something like this. Children, gems of my eyes. To show that he had a great love and respect for the people in his audience. A great love and respect for the people who came to see them. And he was treating them <coughs> at their highest possible level of being as opposed to wherever they may have been at that moment. Can we go through our life treating the people that we meet at the highest possible level of their being? There's a simple axiom that uh, we were taught by our sheikh that that which separates us from our fellow man separates us from our creator. So, the question that comes is how integrated are we with the people we are with? How loving are we towards the people we are with? How respectful are we towards the people we are with. Or, have we lost the ability to see the God in others because we're so focused 
on ourselves. There's a reciprocity in this creation. We need not only to understand who we are, simultaneously, we need to understand who everyone else is, too. And we need to understand that the glory that is available to us is also available to everyone else. And we have to treat others as if that glory from our Lord is available to them. Now, within this whole mix, Allah has thrown Satan into it. And many of um, the prayers prior to beginning them, we say, "Aud bilahi mina shaitani rajim, Bismillah rahim." God, protect us from the accursed Satan. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. And all praise is to you, your name, your mercy, and your compassion. So, as we walk through this world, and we look at each other, and we give each other respect, we should also be cognizant that there is a shapeshifter in the midst of all of this. And that shapeshifter is Satan, who takes the face of certain humans at certain times. And it may take years to recognize who he is, but then one day he will explode and show you himself. And when that happens, how you react is incredibly important to your own well-being and to your own sense of self and connection to God. Because if Satan walks in front of you and you recognize him and you explode into anger, you've lost your center. You've lost your connection to Allah. You've lost your respect for Allah's creation. <clears throat> so we need to understand that when Satan shows himself to us, we need to be able to walk away from him. We, able to, we need to be able just not to be involved with him. We have to make active decisions not to deal with the one who has been overwhelmed by the demonic influences. If we try to change them, or if we try to engage them in conversation, if we try to alter them, basically Satan's caught us. Because now Satan is in conversation with us. And if Satan is in conversation with us, no good is going to come of this. So it's best to understand when this occurs and when you run into this kind of a situation to end 
that as quickly as possible and go on with your life. We are not meant to be friends with Satan. We are not meant to try and change who Satan is. This is God's work. And certain things are to be left to God. What we need to do for ourselves is, tr is stay true to the truth. Stay true to reality. God's reality. Not the reality of this illusory world. And in staying true to the truth, we stay true to Allah. Allah is truth. And if we veer from the truth, we veer from Allah. And that's why Satan is called the great liar. Because Satan has no truth in him. He has no coercion that impels him to speak the truth. He has no rules that bind him to what's correct and what's incorrect. He has no respect for that which is correct. His whole point is to create chaos and bring us further away from our Lord. But we need to understand that situation. And by understanding it, we have to become very careful not to drift from the truth. And that's one of the reasons for Adeb. It's so that we are so conscious of appropriate conduct that when inappropriate conduct happens, we're really... Uh, able to see it and able to move on and go into correct conduct. So, there's a shell that's created of correct conduct, but then it also begins to enter into our being so that correct conduct is no longer just rules and regulations that we follow, but correct conduct is who we are and is the way that we act naturally because of our love for our Lord, our attachment to our Lord, and our love for our Lord's creation. The fact that Satan is known as the great liar should tell you something about speech and how important speech is and how careful we need to be with the truth, or at least what we recognize as the truth. Now, we're all aware of the Ten Commandments, but there is no commandment that says, Thou shalt not lie. But there is a commandment that says, Thou shalt not bear false witness. Now, the reason there's no commandment that says thou shalt not lie is that we are all of us in different ways removed from the truth so it's impossible for us to be a hundred percent truthful it's impossible for us to be as truthful as Allah is but 
we can not bear false witness. We can learn not to talk about each other. We can learn that if we see a situation, to report what happens in that situation truthfully, as opposed to making up a story, because it somehow satisfies our sense of self-worth, or our sense of vengeance, or our sense of cruelty, or our sense of getting back at somebody. So, we need to be very careful with how to use our mouth. There are consequences to the words that we say. And those consequences deal with our soul. They deal with our immortal self. If we, if, if we say things that we don't mean, if we make promises that we can't keep, if we accuse people of things they didn't do, we scar our purity. We create a blemish on our purity. It's like pouring acid on our purity. We destroy the dignity of who we are. So we need to be extremely careful about the words that come from our mouths. And that's why some very holy men say, stay silent as often as you can. That's why there's the maxim that everyone in America knows, silence is golden. Because silence isn't going to get you into trouble most of the time. Sometimes, of course, you need to speak. If there's a fire brewing, you need to scream fire. And you should be wise enough to understand that. But when there's not a fire brewing, don't scream fire. Don't create situations that uh, make life difficult for other people. I have uh, watched how in religious institutions... Some people play out the drama on their life on the canvas of the institution. Like everybody needs to be involved with their uh, machinations and going on. And everybody has to take a position. And if they don't take a position with them, somehow difficulties happen. We need to be able to keep our lives to ourselves. Uh, between ourselves and our Lord. We need to be able to walk quietly through this creation without causing great disturbances. We can't come into a room like a hurricane or a tornado. We have to walk quietly so that our steps can't even be heard. As Bawa used to say, I am the smallest of God's creations. And if I am small, then there's no to-do. I'm so small, I can't create havoc. I'm so small that there's no reason to create havoc. You see, the people who think they are big are constantly thinking that every move they make has importance and magnitude 
and people should be reacting to it. So if they say something, it's not conversation, it's proclamation. And there's a difference between talking as if you're proclaiming things and talking in conversation. When Bawa gave a talk, he almost always ended by saying, forgive me if I've made any mistakes. Forgive me if I've offended anyone. There is no intention on my part to do any of these kinds of things. We need to become like that. We need to become small in our persona. As we become small in our persona, we become large in God's love. This transition is somehow difficult to make for so many people because the world gives homage to the ones who are big. Uh, we even give them titles. We call them things like stars or superstars uh, to give them a, a, a title of importance. We compare them to the luminaries in the sky. Well, in truth, we are all luminaries. But we are luminaries within our Lord. We are not individual luminaries. We are the ones who, if we are fortunate enough, transmit His message. But we always have to understand that it is His message, not our message. We can't take ownership of the words that He's given us. We can't take ownership of the truths that He's allowed to come through our lips if truths are in fact allowed to come through our lips. We have to be small and humble and respectful and decent in our interaction with each other. We shouldn't cause a commotion. We shouldn't make life difficult for others. We shouldn't make enemies. We shouldn't claim ourselves to be at odds with others. We must be a calming influence, not an influence that causes disruption or eruption. Satan is constantly within the milieu of this existence, and his work is to cause disruption. His work is to cause disunity. His work is to cause difficulty among people. And if we begin to do those things, we become his allies and we shift into a satanic mode. He takes on our persona to be the one who projects his will. And we all have seen people in this world who are satanic. We've all witnessed in history men who have taken on the satanic qualities and tried to impose those qualities on the world. 
the bloodthirsty, the, the, the power-hungry, the megalomaniacs, the ones who think they are the most important people in the world. And we don't have to go very far back in history to view them. In Russia, we had Stalin. In Germany, we had Hitler. There's no end to these villains in the world. Our job is to stay away from these kinds of people and to stay away from these kinds of attitude. Our job is to become small. To become so small that the world doesn't notice us. To become so small that as the world ignores us, God notices us. And that's when we reach the true level of our humanity. Our humanity is reached when we are able to commune with our Lord. And we don't commune with our Lord because we're important in this world. We commune with our Lord because we have somehow been able to detach ourselves from this world, to let ourselves go from this world, not to consider this world as such an important thing that we have to chase it and consume it. When we give that up, the truth can become known to us. And the truth is not in this illusory manifestation. The truth is in Hak. The truth is in God. The truth is in the non-elemental portion of this existence, which we all have within us and which we all know about. Love can't be measured or weighed. Compassion can't be measured or weighed. Mercy can't be measured or weighed. Justice can't be measured or weighed. But the impact of it on our being can lead to our eternal freedom. May we all understand this. May we all follow the path of humility and come to know our Lord. Amin. Amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.